I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The, I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Good afternoon. Welcome. Hi, Lee. How are you doing? I am well. I'm excited. We got a nice, wonderful topic to share today. More information. Yeah. So today's topic is the power of forgiveness. And I know a little bit about that topic, especially after working with you. But I had written uh, my first book memoir called Descendants of Rygrud, Learning to Forgive followed by my second book called Conjoined, A Holocaust Haunting, One Man, Two Hearts, and Me. And throughout both of these books, which you can find on my website if you want to learn more about them, is the theme of forgiveness. And um, I couldn't have written these books without your help, Lee, as my spiritual advisor and who taught me a whole new way of looking at the meaning of the word forgiveness. And what we're going to do today is I'm going to share my process of forgiveness 
And during that process, I'll be asking you questions and you'll be helping the audience understand the meaning of forgiveness, the benefits of forgiveness. Um, we'll talk about self-forgiveness. So anything you can imagine talking about forgiveness, we'll discuss today. And it's just such a crucial and important topic um, to discuss. So I know you have a different version of forgiveness than I do or did. Yes. So my process of forgiveness started as the first stage is more like an intellectual process, understanding. You see, I was raised as an Orthodox Jew and going to high school, private Jewish schools in the late 70s, my teachers were my rabbis and my rabbis taught me about forgiveness. And what I learned from them is that if someone hurts me, it is the person or the perpetrator is obligated to come to me and ask me for forgiveness. And I can say no the first time, I can refuse the second time. And on the third time when he comes with or she comes with contrition in their heart, they're full of remorse. And I still do not ask that. And I still refuse to forgive them. Then the onus falls on me because they've done everything they could to try to reconcile. So what my rabbis taught me was that, for example, my father growing up in an abusive home, um, that it was my father's responsibility to come to me and ask me for forgiveness. The problem is, is that my father never thought he did anything wrong. And if my father, if I did point out that he had done something that was disrespectful or uncaring or unloving, he said, I deserved it. So he said there, so in my father's eyes, there was never a need to forgive. So, when I shared, when, when I came to you and you said that, Karen, you really need to work on forgiveness in your life, I was pretty shocked because I grew up in this abusive home, but my father was never going to ask me for forgiveness. So then I said to you, well, then I'm, I don't understand what forgiveness is. So what does forgiveness mean, Lee? Sorry, I'm laughing because I do remember that. I think, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I'd never heard that before because I'm not Jewish. So I said, <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Well, my first recollection of forgiveness came from my spiritual teacher, Cece, uh, Cecilia Kelly, back in 1984 when I was moving through my own issues with my stepdad from being sexually abused. And I had a lot of anger towards him and a lot of emotional trauma from that, from my childhood. And I remember my friend Cece saying, Lee, she started talking about the, the issues of forgiveness. And did I really want to come back and play this out again with my stepdad in another lifetime? Because I believed in reincarnation. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, no, I don't want to. You know, and it, just, it was just a, an eye-opening moment for me. It's like, no, I don't want to go through this again. So I remember the time I was like 27, 28 years old. And so that was a new concept for me. But through the course of time, I began to understand a bit more about forgiveness. And I wanted to share a little bit before we get more into that about our soul contracts. 
And so I know we've probably talked about this before, Karen, but I want to read a little bit about how forgiveness pertains, again, to our soul contracts. And I'm sharing a book called The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records by Lisa Barnett. So please bear with me here. So the soul contracts that we write before we are born are like being shown in a huge gymnasium, the kind you have played basketball in which you were in high school. In this just in this gymnasium, can even speak, in this gymnasium, many souls came together before their journey back to earth for another human life. They interacted with each other, much like a networking event. During these interactions, they made arrangements and are contracts with each other to set up situations in order to complete the karma that their souls intended during any number of lifetimes on earth. For example, one soul might want to learn forgiveness. Another soul would step in and say, hey, I'll agree to be your grouchy, unbearable father, so you have lots of chances to learn how to forgive me. And the other soul would say, sure, that works. I was pretty awful to you in, this, in our last lifetime together, so this will help complete the karmic cycle. For, of course, once you land here on earth, you don't remember any of that, or that these contracts were made in the energy of love and generosity. You, you may just be wondering, why did I end up with such an awful parent? Even though we may have experienced a lot of trauma in our lives, it, is, it has been the author's experience that working with the Akashic Records can receive a greater understanding of trauma that can help us to move forward and then begin to forgive, knowing that the truth of all that is, is really an act of healing allowing us to shift from victimizations and becoming empowered. So as we talk about soul contracts, these are pre-birth agreements that we made, like has been said before we were born, of what is going, what is going to occur in our lifetimes. It's a probability. It, it can change with free will. But typically we make the agreement to come in with our parents. We come in with the agreement of, uh, who the relationships and the primary players as a column in our life and the soul lessons that we want to, to master. And so just as uh, Lisa Barnett talked about the soul agreement, perhaps coming in with a grouchy father, like you talked about, that was an agreement that was made for our highest good so that we could move forward into our spiritual growth. We're here to learn lessons. We're here to grow closer to God. We're here to, to merge our beautiful I am presence into our physical consciousness so that we can be self-masters and we can be like the ascended masters that have lived on this earth plane that have shown us the way before. So all of these soul lessons are, are set up in our pre-birth planning. And again, there's free will choice and there's probabilities, but typically we, we come in with the understanding that these things are going to happen to us so that we can spiritually grow. So what you're saying is, is that before I came here, I had my soul family we decided that my father is going to be the abusive man who uh, who was a holocaust survivor who survived three and a half years in the forest running in the forest filled with anger and bitterness watched his family being murdered and he had high levels of ptsd and when he came here and married my mom i had two older brothers and i was the youngest girl and I grew up in a home which was filled with abuse. So my mom was sexually abused. My father physically abused my mother and my brothers and we were all emotionally abused, financially abused and verbally abused. So you're saying that I set this up, what the book is saying, I set this up beforehand 
so that I can make a choice. Here's what I experience. Can I learn to forgive? And so it does sound, it does sound preposterous. But it's but this is this is my soul agreement, soul contract with my soul family. Mm-hmm. So having said that, I'm in a session with you. We've gone over um, that forgiveness will help me the victim and not the perpetrator as much. It's allowing me to be free of my past and not reliving the pain and reliving the moments that I endured as a child. And if I do forgive my father, I can let go of this pain and resentment. So once I finally understood what this word meant, <laughs> then I it's said, difficult. <laughs> it took me like three or four months after being ingrained in a certain way. And I said, okay, now I see what you're saying. I don't want to remain a victim because my father's never going to change. It's only up to me to decide mm-hmm. how I can move forward and how I can heal in life. So then I came to you and I said, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. Now what? And that's what I said to you. And you said, do you remember what you said? <laughs> you have so much better memory than me. <laughs> I do. Well, you said, Karen, so now just sit back, <laughs> relive some of your childhood moments and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So for the next year and a half, I these childhood Um, experiences, this traumatic experiences that I endured, that I had stuffed down inside of me, never wanting to look at them again, not even realizing that I was holding all this anger and resentment inside of me, which you noticed immediately. Um, I decided to kind of let it out. And I spent the next year and a half doing a lot of crying. I was angry. I was just trying to let feel the feelings that I haven't felt since childhood because I suppressed everything. Then about a year and a half later, when I had no more tears left, I come back to you and say, now I surrender. I, I surrender. surrender. And then you, and then you said, well, which that was the second process is the emotional release for me, of all these emotions that I'd stuff inside of me, I was like a volcano purging this, these feelings of bitterness and resentment and anger toward my father after what he has done to my mother, my brothers, and me. And I let it all go. I had no more tears left. And then when I came to you, you said, well, sit and wait and just see what will happen. And then go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say the purification process is is really difficult. But as we allow ourselves to purge this energy, then we become freer We become emotionally freer. And perhaps some of our aches and complaints, some of our health issues begin to improve. Our relationships begin to improve. And we begin to have a, a sense of calmness about us that we can begin to, as I say, not be, become an attached observer to what has happened. We're not triggered by this as much. We begin, we can talk about it without crying. We can talk about the being angry. It becomes like a, in a sense, it was something in the past that was, that happened to us. We, we will always remember, 
but yet we're not triggered by it emotionally. We can talk about it without an emotional reaction. Right. So that's interesting because uh, someone had read my book and said to me, you know, I really don't believe that you forgave your father. And I said to this man, I said, well, I can tell you that I know that I have forgiven my father because as I share stories of what he had done in our household growing up, I'm not triggered anymore. I'm not angry. I'm not sad. Once in a while, some subtle feelings of sadness will come over. I guess that's just part of that whole process, but I'm not angry. I don't, I'm not bitter toward my father anymore. I kind of let it all go. In fact, now I, I pray for him on the other side, which I would have never done had I not forgiven him. So yes, so that to me is evidence that I had indeed forgiven my father. But so the first process was understanding what the word meant. The second process for me was that emotional release. Mm -hmm. And then the third process, the third step of this process came when my father was rushed to the ICU and he laid in a comatose-like state for seven days in the hospital and couldn't move his fingers or toes. His eyes were closed the whole time. And I, I, one day, I, um, one morning on this, on the seventh day, I walked into the room, I donned the, the mask, you know, the hat, the gloves, and I overheard the doctor say, I can't believe this man is still alive. And I rushed in the room and I said, doctor, excuse me, please don't talk that way in front of my father. He was a Holocaust survivor. And the doctor said, well, now I understand. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor and nurse had left the room. And that day, something changed in me. You see, for the first six days, I'd go and visit my dad. I'd sit in the corner of the room, busy myself with the magazine or my phone. But on that seventh day, after hearing what that doctor said and how I defended my father, I walked up to my father's bedside and I held his hand limp. Um, you can tell his organs were shutting down. His breathing was faint. I wasn't even sure if he could hear, but I held my father's hand in mine and I said, Daddy, it's time to let go. You've suffered your entire life. There's no need to suffer in death. Your father, your mother, Bela, your sisters, your baby brother, they're all waiting for you. Daddy, just let go. And I started to cry. And it was at that point where I had some compassion in my mm -hmm. heart for my father, of which I've never had before. That's and what I was just going to say. That's when you know your heart has been healed because then you are able to have compassion for someone who's, who's um, abused you. Yes. So that, that's the next step is not only acceptance, but opening your heart for right. compassion. So that's the third step. You're correct. Right. So for me, that was my next step. And then I looked at my father, his eyes, of course, were closed. And I said, Daddy, I forgive you. I uttered the words, I forgive you over and over quietly and weeping. And my tears were dripping down onto the bed sheet. And 
all of a sudden I looked up at my father and his eyes popped wide open, at which I got startled. And I thought, what is he cheating uh, death once again? He's a Holocaust survivor. And I thought maybe my father was taking a turn for the better. And so I ran out of the room to get the nurse and we came back and my father's eyes were closed. And at that time, I didn't know what my father was thinking. I didn't know if he heard me. I don't know if he accepted what I had said, but I knew that that fourth process of the fourth step of forgiveness was actually uttering the words to my father. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was huge for me. And then, so a few days later, when we buried my father, as that coffin was going into that ground, I, I just felt for the first time so free and liberated. I felt mm-hmm. like this huge cloud had been lifted off me, uh, draining me, and, and I just felt free. And those were my steps of forgiveness. And um, it really had helped me move through life. And not only did I benefit and from forgiveness, but I think my children have and people around me because I became softer mm-hmm. and um, and more compassionate, I guess, to even a lot of people around me and trying to understand that people who are angry and... and um, um, and who, who are abusive, that they too must be going through some difficulties. And I'm still a work in progress, and I'm still learning to forgive lots of people, but it, it was truly life-changing for me. And I know that that's so important because as we hold on to bitterness and anger, it can affect our health. And oftentimes when we have suppressed emotions, that can turn into disease. And it can keep us, you know, prisoner to ourselves with our emotions. So as a psychotherapist, it's really important for us to be able to to acknowledge that, yes, we've been hurt, not to to deny it, but not to stay stuck there. So I know when my stepdad was dying, kind of the same story with you, Karen, uh, something came over me and I began to pray for him. And I asked um, Jesus to come help to, to take him back home. And I asked that he forgive me for whatever I did to him, perhaps in a past life. Maybe I was a perpetrator of some sort or whatever the situation was with our soul agreement. So I asked for forgiveness on his end and I asked that I forgive him. And I was able to help him to cross over as I did some Reiki on him. And I remember my sister who still is angry at my stepdad was her uh, biological dad. He was my stepfather, but she didn't understand how I could do that. She didn't, so she doesn't fully understand the principles of forgiveness and was not able to forgive her dad and still has a lot of anger and uh, towards him and has a lot of mental health and physical issues that she struggles with. But I remember feeling something came over me that day and I was really glad that I was able to do that. So I hope that that was able to, as they say, nullify our uh, karmic contract uh, between us because... Um, I want to share this a little bit, if you don't mind, from the same book. So um, as we move into forgiveness and understand about uh, karma, which is really a is, karma is a completion of a, a, a spiritual growth cycle. So as a soul, before we come into a body, we often choose to complete a karma from a past life. 
We create a soul contract, as we talked about before, with a soul we get a complex relationship within a past life. This life, the soul's desire is to finish the old karma by supporting our partner. When the relationships becomes complicated again in this life, we abandon our partner and leave a mess behind. It might be a traumatic divorce or in a partnership suing the business partner for all rights to business information or again, any other abuse from family members. When we do this by forgiving, we complete the karma as we have not forgiven. Excuse me. When we do this, we do not complete the karma if we have not forgiven. We are very angry and are holding grudges. Instead of finishing our karma with that person, we have created a new karma because we left with anger, disappointment, and emotional trauma in our wake. We may even have harmed people physically or financially. Because we're having a human experience in the dense energy of anger, fear, guilt, or pride, we've not been able to move into a place of forgiveness. The good news is that karma is within ourselves, our souls, and is something we can clear through forgiveness and unconditional love. It is important to be aware of what your karma is and to complete it. It is one of the soul contracts our spirit chooses when we incarnate. If we don't complete the karma by giving and receiving love and forgiveness in our current lifetime, then we'll have other opportunities to complete the karma in another lifetime with similar situations or patterns. So look for patterns in your life and seek to find the karma so they can be com- completed once and for all. When you move into the vibration of unconditional love, you've completed the cycle and released the karma. One way to know if you've achieved, achieved a karmic release is to take note of your thoughts and emotions regarding that person. When you have safe passage through your mind and heart, your work with that person is done. Ask yourself if you can think of that person feeling unattached to her words or actions, to their words or actions. If yes, if yes, there are no longer any emotional upsets or traumatic stories that arise when you think of this person. So forgiveness is the quickest way to clear karma through time and space. It allows us to heal our past, which consists of anything we may have done to others or ourselves prior to this moment. This includes our childhood or our past lives. So just as my friend Cece said, you know, do you want to go through the next incarnation without forgiving? And so that was really my primary focus. And so on my stepdad's deathbed, like your dad, uh, I was able to do that. Um, I don't know if I've done it 100%, but at least I brought forth that awareness and intention. And that was my intention to be able to, to hold compassion for this person because I am a compassionate person. I, it was it was easier for me because he was on his deathbed. I know that s- some people are born with lots of compassion and goodness in their heart, and you're, of course, one of them. And then there are people like me who really have to work hard at it. And so I hope that I have done what I could to do, and I hope I've done my best to forgive my father. Um, two things. One is that... Um, I remember going, My one of my girlfriends became a rabbi and a bunch of us, uh, of our, a bunch of our friends came to visit her as she was on the pulpit in um, Madison, Wisconsin. And she had asked one of us if we can come up to the stage and recite a blessing over the Torah, the Bible, because we were going to read a section on that Saturday morning. And when you do that, you give them your name in Hebrew and then the name of your parents. And that morning I said, I, I volunteered, I'd be happy to uh, come up on the stage. 
and I recited the blessing and I said in Hebrew, I am daughter of Karen. I am Karen Kaplan, daughter of, and I didn't say my father's alias name, Ari Kaplan. I said his name, daughter of Avram Stein Sapir and my mother, Harriet Kaplan. And at that moment, I became so emotional because I've never done that before. And I've used my father's name that he was born with because I wanted my father to remember who he was before that traumatic event of of the Holocaust began. And I wanted him to, so I kind of prayed for him and wanted him to remember the good times and the good person that he was before he was traumatized Mm -hmm. by the war. And for me, that was also a knowing that I indeed had forgiven my father. On another note, Passover, our Jewish holiday, one of the most celebrated holidays is coming up next week. And um, often, you know, we talk about, we talk about how the Jews um, were slaves in Egypt and they were physically hard, um, um, hurt in Egypt and how they, we Moses came and brought the Jews out of Egypt into the promised land. Um, and we talk about the importance of being free, um, physically free. But on Passover, I also talk about the importance of being emotionally free. And if we are tied to our past, and if we can't let go of these negative emotions, then we still are chained like slaves to our past. So I also bring up the topic of emotional freedom because I think that's so relevant to today and how to move forward because we don't live as slaves today, but we do carry a lot of this emotional uh, uh, trauma and it's important to let that go. So how have you been received? I know we've asked this before, but we're talking about this particular day. How have you been received in your community with the topic of forgiveness? with your books. I'm sure that's been difficult for you. Yeah. So um, for me, forgiving my father, I think many of my community say, you know, that's Karen, that's fine. It's your personal decision. And um, if you can forgive him, that's, you know, great. That's wonderful. A lot of um, there's people in audiences who've told me that their father's or parents were abusive. They've tried to actually murder them. Um, they've done horrible things and they can't, and even less, and they just can't move on. And that's okay. It's just where they are. When I then bring up the topic of, um, so I've forgiven my father. And then I thought, well, what if my father would have forgiven those that murdered his family um, in Poland? Um, would my father would have been kinder and a softer and a more loving parent. I would have been changed, but he couldn't. And I'm not judging him for what he had gone through. So, but I decided to go back to Poland to see if I could forgive those men that killed my grandmother, my aunts, my cousins, my family, they took a family away from me that a family I never met. And I was holding on to that, I don't know, ancestral anger, that lineage of suffering mm-hmm. that we Jews hold on to. And I thought, 
Let me go back to Poland. I, I don't know what will happen, but I want to go back to my father's hometown. And before I left, I asked a few people what they thought. And one friend said, Karen, be very careful what you write about in your book, because it sounds very Christian-like. And um, another friend yelled at me, she says, what? Forgiveness? Forgiving the people that killed your family, the Nazis or whoever? No, that's absolutely crazy. And then I had one man say to me, you know, I haven't even forgiven the Babylonians that had destroyed our old temple mm -hmm. in the year 560 BC. So um, you can see how we hold on to this lineage of suffering. And with that, I went to Poland and I actually stood on the very grounds where my father witnessed the horror of his mother and sisters. And I didn't know what was happening to me, but I stood there for about a half an hour praying, saying the mourner's cottage, a prayer that you pray for people who have passed on. And I was um, crying and like a child. And I, my head was in my hands. I couldn't keep my head up. And I was weeping for about a half an hour, trying to say this prayer out loud because I wanted all the souls of all the Jewish souls of Rygrid to know that they haven't been forgotten, that a descendant of Rygrid was there praying for them and praying that their souls be at peace. And I didn't realize that until I came back to Chicago, it was that moment on my trip to Poland that I believed that I had forgiven those that murdered my family. And for many people in my community, that's unfathomable. That's, that's just, it, they just don't agree. I mean, I've, I've had people raise their fists at me in, 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 in audiences as I share that story and they say, how dare you? And you know, it's my thought, my feeling, but I don't carry that anger with me anymore. There's a part of forgiveness is forgive them for they know not what they do. So those who don't understand, don't understand the higher spiritual perspective of forgiveness. They're not understanding that by moving through this principle that they're really helping themselves to heal their own pain and suffering. So what good does it really do to be mad and angry? It's not going to change anything. But as we begin to shift our perspective and our emotions and heal our emotions, then we can be of greater service to our community. So that's what you've really done. And I remember that day that I came to your house and we did that prayer. And I don't remember exactly what at all that I said, but I knew that there was a prayer for the healing of the Jewish people. And so your higher self or your soul, um, again, got the memo, even though it initially made you angry, uh, to that you've you took sort of the bait, as they say, and began to run with the principle of forgiveness, which is, you know, where you are here 10 years later or however many years later, writing your books and here with this podcast to really help educate people. So we can stay stuck and be angry and we can be miserable and we can stay stuck in our own, uh, be like an ostrich and stick our head in the sand. Or we can be the change we wish to see to bring peace, love and understanding to the world. We can't change what's really happening. Uh, with uh, the world in the sense of, okay, these are things that have happened. And yet, how can we bring um, a greater perspective? How, we can, how, we, how can we educate? How, we, how can we bring our love and our peace to be of service 
you know, to this planet and to humanity. So I have this interesting concept that I was thinking about forgiveness. If indeed we had the soul family and we had agreed that my father agreed he's going to come as this abusive man who went through the Holocaust and I am a daughter being raised in this, this traumatic household. Um, if this was already set up, then there really is no need to forgive, is there? On, on some level, there's no need to forgive. Nope. And we are at 333, which is... <laughs> which is the number of the Ascended Masters getting our attention, the angels getting our attention. We're, according to my computer, it says 333. That's a powerful number of the angels, the angels giving uh, their energy and our attention to us. So it's interesting you said that at that appointed moment. So because it is true. It's just we are, we're here on the earth plane to learn our soul lessons. Yes, they are atrocious, and yet there's always a higher plan. Um, I did a reading for someone today and I could see the energy of the love and the prayers and the unity consciousness going out in the world with uh, the Ukrainian war. And I could see that even though there's the atrocity of what's happening, not to downplay it by any means, but I could literally feel and see the energy of all the prayers going up into the heavens and that energy being over earth people coming together with prayer, unity, and love. And this is really an awakening people to, um, to access that part of their hearts to serve and to help and bring love to humanity and to the collective so that we can all awaken to this understanding that violence and war has no place. And perhaps, I don't have all the answers, but perhaps by witnessing this, that it brings to our attention that there is no place for this and that love will heal all. And so I saw that energy over the, the earth and the power, but it was really, really beautiful when I saw that, that I don't want to call it a vision, but I saw the energy of all the prayers coming forward in during this most difficult time. Amazing. It's like that collective energy of love and compassion yeah. mm -hmm. for those, for, for those Ukrainians that. Yeah. For all who are suffering. And the Russians yes. and Putin right. and whoever else is, you know, a, a part of uh, of all what's happening. It's like this is opening the hearts of many. So as you again, I'm going to use the word bait, but you took that, you know, what I brought forth that day when I was called to help the Jewish people. And the crazy story that I told on one of our last uh, podcasts of how I was to help you that that you really have made a, a major change, a difference in the world. And so I can continue to commend you for doing that because, again, that was probably a part of our soul contract, as we talked about before. It was our agreement, you know, that we that I would come to help assist you. You would be ready to do that, and then you know you take the ball and I take the ball and we bring this forward for up to wake to help awaken other people. So just because people don't understand it, or if they're not there yet, we're planting the seeds. Yes. It's never futile. We're planting the seeds. Right. They help awaken people. Right. It took me, look, it took me a few years to figure this all out. And I'm still working on forgiveness, but it's my, my heart I know is so much more open and softer and more compassionate than I've ever been. So yeah, it, it's, it's, and it's a blessing. It's also, it, it, 
the people around you, your children, your family, you know, they, they see, they can see the change in you. They can see how, how much kinder or gentler you become. And, and, and it's just a wonderful thing all around, not just for you, but for those around you. And that's why, like I said, my sister, she didn't understand how I could do that. But I've been working at this for many years. You know, I started studying metaphysics in 1984. Now it's 2022. And so hopefully, you know, I've shifted enough that, um, you know, I still have my residual. I still have issues, but I know the higher picture. I know the higher understanding. And so I can catch myself if I go into to blame or judgment. Yes. So I want to ask you of another topic of forgiveness, which is more about self-forgiveness. And, and if you can talk a little bit about the importance of self-forgiveness in the healing process. Well, as human beings, we're hard on ourselves. We're probably harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So we're critical. We don't always see our true divinity as spirits. We've, we've come here as powerful, powerful spirits to come into a human body here on the earth plane, again, to learn these soul lessons. And so we've gone through for many, many soul incarnations and we've had successes and failures and things we're proud of and not proud of. And yet, even in this lifetime, we judge ourselves for our own thoughts, uh, our actions, our behaviors. And so as we continue to um, self-denigrate, it keeps us at a lower vibration. It keeps us from not really accessing our true divine potential as truly powerful spiritual beings. So the importance of self-forgiveness of, again, the um, Hokopono prayer, which is an ancient uh, Egyptian prayer, is one that I really like. And it says, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And are you saying that to yourself? You can say it to yourself, but can also say it to others. It's designed for yourself, but it's also designed for others. It's it's very simple. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Very simple. But it's a prayer that you can use for self-forgiveness as well as forgiving other people. So, so people are really doing the best that they can. Right. If they, and we're really doing the best we can, if we are at a higher, if we have higher consciousness of understanding we probably wouldn't act in unloving ways. So if we begin to understand that, okay, that's the probably the best that person can do, then we can again be the attached observer and we can react to them or we can, we can choose to hold the space of love for them and not be triggered by that. Right. So even in the horrendous acts of, you know, for years and years and years uh, before I met my friend Cecilia, I don't want to say years and years, I guess, because I remembered being abused when I was 26. I met Cece right around 28. That um, a lot of bitterness and anger and I was hurting myself. And yet, so through the course of time, then I was able to integrate that understanding that knowing that my stepdad had been abused by his father. And so because he didn't have the tools to be able to understand his wounds and his traumas, then he passed it on because that was um, his inability to heal his own emotions and to be able to, to move into a higher state of consciousness. You either choose to follow the same patterns or you choose to rise above it and to go another direction. 
So we always have a choice of how we wish to respond. So by self-forgiveness, we can uh, choose to forgive ourselves for our own humanness. And so if on some level you really haven't forgiven yourself, then it would be hard to forgive other people, right? Or you can't give what you don't have. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, whatever is not inside of you that's not healed, you can't give it, you know? Right, right. So that level of kindness or compassion or forgiveness or, again, being an attached observer, if you're in that space, again, I call it neutrality, then you're able to, to, um, to, to move past it and not get stuck in that vibration. Everything's a vibration. So the energy of anger, hatred, fear is a lower vibration. If you're in the higher principles of forgiveness, love, you know, peace, these are higher frequencies. If you're operating from those principles, then you have a better chance of not getting engaged into those lower vibrations. We all still do. We're human. And yet, right. like I said before, we can catch ourselves. It's like, oops, you know. I try to catch myself because I have this critical mind and I'm just so critical on myself. And I say, oh, catch yourself. Okay, don't say that. Stop. It's mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> and yeah. That's why the Hokopono prayer is lovely. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. <laughs> you. You know, forgiving yourself. Oops, there I go again. You know, that Britney Spears song. You know, there I go again. Until yeah. we're able to, to realize that that's really not the truth of who we are. We're powerful spirits. We're loving spirits. And yet we've come in with our personalities. We come in into our humanness. We're here to experience life. And yet, again, as I said, what do we, how do we, what do we choose? Do we choose love or do we choose fear and hatred and anger and violence? And and then it perpetuates generation after generation. And what do we want to, what do we really want to leave our children? What kind of feelings, this energetic imprint, we want to leave them love and co compassion or, or feed them with the anger and the resentment? Yeah, right. And I think most human beings, you know, because we're drawn to love, we really want, we want love in our lives. We want peace in our life. Right. Yeah. Our circumstances, and it may not be, be that way, but again, it's all about our perspective, what we choose and how we react and how we uh, wish to, to, um, to navigate through that. I remember these Amish people, I guess some of their clan were killed by someone and then they embraced the perpetrators and they thought, well, how can they, you know, forgive them or how can they embrace them? Um, but they simply knew that these, these people were wounded. They, if they weren't wounded, they wouldn't be doing it. Right. So it's important that you go through that emotional process. I remember in the news a few years back when um, Someone came into a church in the South and gunned down people who were praying or studying. And the relatives of those that had passed had said, automatically, we forgive him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I could do that. I know, I know intellectually, but I, for me, I would think I would need to go through that process mm -hmm. again of you know, you go through the anger and the shock and the sadness and you, you 
emotionally release these feelings, then you get to a place where you can forgive. Mm -hmm. So I was thought that was incredible that they could immediately say, well, we forgive him. Yeah, they must have really, really strong faith is the first thing I think of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really evolved beings, higher, higher beings. Yeah. So I'm still working on, on that. Yeah, we're all working we're on it. I'm working on it. I don't know how to react either, too. You know, but we all uh, we are what we are, and again, again, as we hold that as that understanding of this is not going to help us if we stay stuck there. Right. Right. And oftentimes, you know, when I tap into spirit with the ones who passed away, they will they will be at peace, or they'll give an understanding that it was okay that they moved on. So. You know, as a medium, you know, I'm able to tap into those who cross on the other side and, and get their perspective. And so as we understand where they are in consciousness on the other level, and perhaps they are at peace or they've forgiven or they, there's an understanding of why this happened. Um, just like I, I was able to um, to tap into to someone who got killed in the World Trade Center. And so it gave a whole explanation of uh, his life and that... Uh, that it was okay because he wasn't going to have a long lifespan. So that was an exit point for him to go. And so I'm able to, to tap into that information from the deceased one and then get their perspective about, about their soul contract, you know, and, and to help heal those that are suffering. I have one last question. So if someone wasn't able to forgive their family member or friend, whomever, or whatever, who had hurt them in this lifetime and they passed on, can they still, is there, forgive them? Is there, can you still go through that process even though that person has died? Yes. I had an interesting experience on my vacation where my mother has deceased and she came through and she needed me to be a surrogate to heal from her wounds in this lifetime. And I was actually carrying some of her emotions through my, not a pre-birth agreement, but because she carried me in her womb, I had absorbed some of her emotions. So. Not only did I was a conduit to help clear those energies within me, but I was able to help clear those energies within her. And um, so spirit can actually come in and help you to heal that. And I want to call that ancestral pain that your parent or whoever is suffering from. So not only can you be assisted from the other side when they cross over, they can be assisted. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I brought that to your attention. Yeah, no. So if you go through that process of forgive, forgiveness to a friend, whatever, uh, a relative um, who had hurt you, then you are still helping yourself, learning not to be a victim to your circumstances from years back and letting it all go. And then also through energetically helping the person on the other side. Yeah. My mother had not forgiven herself for what she had done. She ended up, she was married to my dad, but she had an affair with my stepdad and got pregnant with my sister. Who's the one who has a lot of health issues and mental health issues. And so my mother is still 
on the other side feeling guilty and suffering from what she felt was her mistake. And so I kept, a, we lived in a town called Augusta, Illinois, and I kept hearing my mother say, Augusta, 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 very desperately, like Augusta, 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 like she wanted me to, you know, help her to heal that. And so um, it was interesting experience. Um, so that was a part of her wanting to be healed, but for whatever reason, I had to assist her with this. And my friend was also doing some emotional clearing work with me. And so I was the conduit and we were both working to help assist my mother. And then of course I had absorbed some of her emotions simply by also being an empath, uh, but by being there by proxy, you know, and all that trauma of going through all that mess when my parents divorced. It's, 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 I'm sure that people are going, what the heck are you talking about? But it's really fascinating, the information that comes to me. My life is not dull or boring. I, <laughs> I learned so much and just by being open to this information can heal on many levels. So forgiveness again can come again, as I've said, after the person's crossed over and then it can help us here in our, ourself yeah. as we, we hold compassion. Because I, you know, I was mad at my mom for a long time. But I knew that, you know, as I grew older that, you know, my mother suffered and and uh, I held compassion for her because I knew that was a difficult time for her. Yeah. So that's why for, we, the topic of this is the power of forgiveness and how important it is to help us heal and to move on and to not be a victim of our past. As the quote says, um, by not forgiving is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. Isn't that truth? And yeah. before we close, whenever you're ready, I want to finish up with a forgiveness prayer. Please do. Okay. Divine spirit, source, please move me into a state of forgiveness towards anyone or anything that has hurt me consciously or unconsciously from the beginning of time to this present moment. I now forgive them as I release the energy of the past. Divine Spirit Source, please move me into a state of forgiveness towards myself for any hurt that I've caused others, consciously or unconsciously, from the beginning of time to this present moment. I now forgive myself and I release the energy of the past. Divine Spirit Source, please move me into a state of forgiveness towards myself for any hurt that I've caused myself, consciously or unconsciously, from the beginning of time to this present moment. I now forgive myself and release the energy of the past. I invoke the prayer, excuse me, I invoke the power of grace and forgiveness to transform my mind, body, and heart as I return to, to my divine innocence. And so it is. Amen. And so it is. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking about this topic and, um, Look forward to doing more podcasts in the future. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for allowing me to share the words and the wisdom that I've garnered from spirit. And thank you for being open to sharing it with, you know, those here on this podcast. So I appreciate you. you and I'm grateful, grateful for you. So me too. All right. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.